Amen. Let's take your seats together and we're going to turn to God's Word. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, we're going to read from verse 29 and let's ask the Lord to bless His Word tonight. Amen. Father, we thank you for, Lord, everyone that's gathered into this house tonight and we pray in the name of Jesus for your help and for your anointing. Lord, would you speak to hearts tonight by your Spirit. Lord, would you just come among us now, Lord, anoint us both to pre preach your word and, Lord, to hear your word. Lord, unstop ears that are deafened, Lord. Open eyes that are blinded tonight, Lord. Lord, we pray that hearts would be softened, Lord. Lord, to receive, Lord, your truth, Lord, the incorruptible word of God, that men, women, boys and girls, young people would be born of the Spirit of the living God. Lord, we pray, Lord, that through the preaching of your word that your name would be lifted up. Lord, we thank you for the great liberty we have to gather in such fashion. Lord, we pray, Lord, that we would not take this liberty for granted, but, Lord, tonight that you would undertake for us. Speak to us, we pray, in Jesus' name. And everyone said it. Amen. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 29 I'm going to speak tonight, if not very long, I don't think, uh, but I'm going to speak tonight on the last call. The last call. One day, one day, one time, it's going to be the last time. It will be the last time. And so it's important, perhaps tonight, I don't know, but at one stage, at one point, at one time, it's going to be the last call. The last call. Matthew 24, verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man, that is Jesus, coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. If you turn over to 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4 and verse 13. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4 and verse 13. I'll just give you a minute to get there. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4 and verse 13. Paul, the apostle, writes these words, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God 
The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his precious word tonight. The last call. The last call. From the time that Christ ascended in Acts chapter 1, the ascension of Christ is recorded if you turn over just there for a second. From the very moment and for the time in which Christ ascended into heaven, says in verse 9, Acts 1 verse 9, And when he had spoken these things, while he beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner, as you have seen him go into heaven. From that moment, from that moment, divinely purposed and ordained of God, approximately 2,000 years ago, from that moment, right to the moment of which we're talking about tonight in Matthew 24, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, that period of time is the only time, the only opportunity that man Women, young people across the whole world can get saved. There's no second chance gospel. This is the only opportunity in that time ordained of God from the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 1, Matthew 24, Jesus himself telling us of his second coming from, from those two standpoints. Those two fixed points within that is the only time that a man or a woman on this planet can be saved. Somewhere along this line, right up until this point tonight, right up until the 7th of October 2018, right up to the very time it is, coming up to quarter past seven, right up to this very moment as the seconds tick away, this is known as the time or the period of grace. God's grace. That you, that I, that anyone across this world has the opportunity to be saved. At some point, in a second, the Bible says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at some point in this, the last call will be made. The last call will be made. It will be made corporately. It will be made individually. It will be made in pulpits all across the whole of the world. It will be made in street corners. It will be made across little shacks and little gatherings of people from every tribe and every tongue. But preachers and, and evangelists and missionaries, and workplaces, 
The last call will go out for someone to get saved. There'll not be another call after Matthew 24 and 29 or 1 Thessalonians 4 and 13. There's no, there's no call after that. It is serious. It is sobering. But there's no second chance. Do you understand what I'm saying? At some point along this line, it's the last call. God himself said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. He's striving tonight, but there comes a point when he comes. The last call. And the watchman has a very important responsibility. His duty is to warn of the imminent danger. It was imperative that the watchman in the Old Testament, that he told the truth, regardless of the consequence, because he could see something of the imminent danger that was coming, or the judgment that was upon them, or the destruction that was about to come. So the watchman has a very important duty. I got a little clip the other day. Some of you may have got it. And in this little clip, I got a three from Paul, but in this little clip, there was a man standing on a balcony. Anyone get it? It's just a recent uh, tsunami in Indonesia. And there was a man standing on the balcony. And his camera was pointing out towards the ocean. And as he pointed his camera out towards the ocean, in the horizon he could see the rise of a tsunami wave approaching the shore. He was in a vantage point. He was standing on a balcony. But as he put the camera just down onto the streets, the streets were busy with people. They went about their business. They were getting in the shops. They were stopping. They were talking. They were laughing. They were joking. And they just were carrying on about their business. They were driving up and down the road. There was mopeds. There was cars. And then there was a row of houses. So they weren't able to see beyond the row of houses. But beyond the row of houses was the seashore. And then the ocean. And out in the ocean, there was a tsunami wave approaching. Now he stood in the balcony. He could see it, but nobody below could see it. And so then at that moment, he began to cry out from the balcony in his language, Tsunami! Tsunami! Most people didn't hear. Most people weren't interested. The odd one or two sort of looked, but they wondered, what's he talking about? And so he began to cry, Tsunami. Over the whole clip of that little, that little clip, he cried out 18 times, Tsunami! 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 To the point after 18 times, he began to weep and cry. He became broken because the wave got closer and closer and closer. And then suddenly, the tsunami, burst, the tsunami burst through, breaking down all the houses. And the people then suddenly realized that destruction has come. 800 souls were lost. And as the waves come crashing in and people at the last moment tried to run, it was too late. It was too late. And the man stood on the balcony, you could hear him weeping. Just crying out, tsunami, tsunami, tsunami. 
Much greater than all of that, friends. Much greater than a tsunami is the impending and the imminent and the sudden return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't think I have the words or the ability to be able to put it into English for you to understand or for me to grasp what this world is about to witness. When we read these verses that we're familiar with, it says, immediately after the tribulation of those days, this is what's going to happen. The sun will go dark. The moon will not give her light. Stars will begin to fall from heaven. The powers of heaven in that moment are beginning to shake. Then, then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Then, the tribes of the earth. Do you know who the tribes of the earth are? That's you and me. That's all the peoples of the earth. They begin to mourn. Then, they shall see the Son of Man coming as the skies and the heavens are rolled back. And then, the Son of Man comes in the clouds of heaven with great power and with great glory like never has been seen on this earth before. Right up to that point, the call will still go out. It might be from a mother. It might be from a father. It might be from a grandmother or grandfather. It might be from a sister or a brother. It might be from a friend or a work colleague. It may be from a preacher behind a platform. It may be a believer standing on the streets of, of Lisbon giving out tracts. But the call will still go out. The call will still ring out right up to this point. But at one point, it's the last call. At one point, it is the last call. And as he comes, and as the skies roll back, and the heavens and the glory and the power and the shaking of this whole universe to the central point of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, what then? Let me ask you, what then? What then? What happens? The watchman has a duty to warn. Ezekiel 33, it says, Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring a sword upon the land of the people of the land, take a man of their coast, and set him for their watchman. If when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but he didn't take the warning. You hear the sound or the warning, but you don't heed it. He says, and took not the warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman sees the sword come and doesn't blow the trumpet and the people are not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, 
He has taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman to the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. Let me just ask you, I just want your attention for a few moments. I want to tell you, friends, I mean this sincerely from the depths of my heart. In this church, we love every person that's sitting in this room. We love our young people. We love our teenagers. We love you all. I'm going to tell you something. We're your friend. We're your friend. And because we love you and we're your friend, we will tell you the truth. What type of friend do you want? A friend that will lie to you? A friend that will cheat you? A friend that will double-cross you? A friend that will betray What type of friend do you want? Because that's what friendship is in the world. But a true friend, a true friend, someone who really cares for you, know what they're going to do? They're going to tell you what the truth is. Why? Because they care for your soul. That's what a friend is. That's what a true watchman is. He's going to warn you of what's about to come. If possible tonight, if possible, if we could just grasp this moment, this moment, this last call, when the trumpet sounds for the church, these are words that we are to be comforted with because it's our hope. The second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is the great blessed hope of the church. The dead in Christ will rise first. We that are alive and remain, we are going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the earth. That's great hope. That's comfort for us tonight. Friends, for those that are not saved, for those that have rejected the warning, I'm going to tell you, friends, we need to listen carefully. We need to listen carefully. That moment, if, if, if God could bring the reality of that moment to your lives tonight, not to scare us, not to make us do something emotional, but I do want to tell you something, friend. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. That's what the Bible says. It is a fearful thing. Paul said, knowing the terror of the Lord, we're going to persuade you. If we linger on at an altar call, I don't really mind. We're going to persuade you. But why? Because we care for your soul. I don't know about you, but I'm sure most people have been in the street or at the house or suddenly you've heard the mighty rumble of thunder. As I'm sure every one of us have experienced it to a certain degree. But have you ever been in a place where suddenly there's a sound of a, of a, a mighty roar of thunder? Every one of us stop. There's something about it. We know it's beyond our control. You, you understand what I'm saying? It's beyond us. But there's something about it that's so awesome or terrifying and a mixture, I suppose, in some way of What's happening? We either run to the window if we're in the house or we ask, what was that? Isn't that right? 
of all the rumbles of thunder that we may have heard, nothing compares to the moment when Christ is going to break through those clouds. If you can imagine worldwide, listen, Jesus doesn't need the internet. Jesus doesn't need Sky TV to try and cast around the world that he's arrived. Let me tell you, friend, all of the heavens, the sun's going to be turned to darkness. The moon, Listen, the stars of heaven are going to begin to fall. There's going to be a rumble and a roar all across this whole world, right across every continent and every country and every tribe. And suddenly the whole world will stop in the White House in Buckingham Palace and all the great uh, uh, parliaments across the world. They're going to stop. What is going on? And as that great roar comes, and the sound of the trumpet and the voice of the archangel, no matter who you are or where you're from, no matter what you think even tonight or what you believe tonight, whether you believe this is going to happen or not, friends, it's going to happen. Now, this shaking uh, right to the very core and the sky is lit up with the power and the glory of God. And there's a shout that begins to echo all across the globe. It says it's like a trumpet. And the trumpet reverbs. And the sound of the trumpet. So it will, if it's so, it echoes around the whole world suddenly. You'll be in the workplace. You'll be in JAG. You'll be driving the lorry, Stephen. You'll be in your office, Jeff. Hassan, you'll be out and about with the kids in the van. Suddenly, suddenly, people will stop. People will pull the handbrake on. You'll turn your TV off. You'll walk out into the streets. People will begin to look up. They'll stop because this is something that we've never heard and never experienced in that moment. And it's the skies and the, and the whole of the universe begins. Remember, he contains the universe within himself. And now the universe is lit up with the power and the glory and the majesty of the great King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now there's a shaking in all the heavens and there's a roar. What then? What then? The glory of His coming as He descends from heaven with a shout. And they shall see the Son of Man coming. They shall see. You're going to see Him coming in the clouds of heaven with power and glory. And the angels of God begin to sweep across the whole of the, of the, of the earth, gathering from all the four corners of the earth, the elect, that's those that are born again. That's those that are saved. That's those that are washed in the blood. That's those that have their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The angels play a part in ushering us up into the skies. Can I freeze this moment? Can I just try to pause it for a second as I warn and plead with you and cry out, it's coming He's coming. Judgment's coming. And in that moment, you've heard the gospel. You'd have heard it. You'd have been taught it. You'd have sat in Sunday school. 
You've been invited to gospel meetings. You've been made to go to church every week. And in that moment, just that moment, freeze the moment. Because it's going to happen. As you suddenly realize, you suddenly realize that the roar and the rumble and the thunder and the power and the glory and the heavens are all lit up. Suddenly your heart begins to fail. Suddenly then you realize, my God, suddenly you realize it's real. It's not a fantasy. It's not a myth. It's the reality of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, as you look about, I don't know what really, how we'll see it happen. But the Bible tells me the dead in Christ will rise first. That's what the Bible says. I believe this. So out of the graves and out of the seas, And across this whole world, as Christ comes with the spirits of those that have departed the scene of time and are with him currently, says he comes with 10,000 of his saints. They execute judgment upon the world. They get a resurrected body. We'll know them. They'll know us. And so out of the graves, they come up, the dead in Christ, and we which are alive and remain as all the angels of heaven, God's great angels, begin to assist us, as they say, it's like, ushering us up to meet the Lord in the sky. Just think about it. You're standing. You're watching this. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we'll be changed. The corruptible will be on incorruption. The mortal will be on immortality. We get a new body. Your mother, your father, your sister, your friend, the people perhaps that you're sitting in this room tonight, even if it was to happen before 8 o'clock, you'll watch and witness the great gathering of God's people to meet the Lord in the sky. Freeze the moment. Just stop. Will you be so smart and so smug and think that you're so cool? At that moment, I don't think so, friend. Actually, I know you won't be. The great separation. In that night, I tell you, two will be in the bed, one shall be taken and the other shall be left. Two women are grinding at the mill. One shall be taken and the other left. Two men will be in the field. One shall be taken and the other left. It's the great separation. It's the great divide. The Son of Man will come in His glory and His holy angels are with Him and He'll sit upon the throne of His glory and before Him shall be gathered all the nations and He shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divide a sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. It speaks of a separation. My sheep 
Jesus said, hear my voice. I know them. And what do they do? They follow me. And at that moment, I'm going to tell you, friend, I've heard an awful lot of nonsense about what people are going to do at that moment. I hear people say, well, I don't really care. I'll just go to hell with my friends and we'll have a real laugh and party down there. You have no idea what you're saying. You have no idea what you're saying. You have no idea what you're saying. You think when this whole universe is lit up with the power and the glory, we just get a wee bit afraid when the thunder comes and we all stop. When you think of it that all the powers of heaven are shaking the host of the heavenly host with Jesus, the saints, and Christ is bursting through the clouds, that somehow you're going to be smart and brave and broaden your shoulders. I'm going to tell your friends, the Bible says, it's not a fear like you're afraid of someone fighting with you. It's not that type of fear. It's a dread that will sink into the very depths of your being that suddenly you realize, I'm lost! You don't think there'll be a cry that will go up across this world? You don't think that there'll be a howl that you've never heard the like of it in your life before as people suddenly realize, it's too late! It's too late! I've missed the last call! Friends, if I could open the gates of hell tonight for us just to have a little glimpse in to that awful lake of fire. You know, it tells us in Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16, it tells us of a man in hell. Luke chapter 16 tells us of this man in hell. We're warned of him. We're told of him. But in verse 24, it says, And he cried, singular, He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. That's one man, but you multiply that by countless millions of people that are lost. And every one of them are crying out in torment. What will it be if I just pulled open the gates of hell for you just to hear or for us to hear tonight? What does that sound like? I'm going to tell you, friends, I don't think we could ever imagine the cry and the roar and the torment from the lake of fire tonight of men and women who have gone there because they've rejected Jesus. The agony and the deep agonizing regret That they missed the last call. They missed the last call. Friends, if I could open the gates of heaven and of glory tonight and enter a land of pure delight, of never-ending joy, light and peace with no death or sickness or pain or undertakers or hospitals, a land filled with the glory and the light of the Lamb of endless ecstasy. Tonight, friend, I want to tell you, God's going to wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there'll be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, or any more pain, for they've all passed away. I tell you, where do you want to go? Could there be any greater difference between two places? 
but it is two places, one of two places that every person in this room is going to spend eternity in. This is where you'll go. Either heaven or hell. The last call. The last call. The last call. Have you ever heard it's happened to us a few times at the airport? It's the final call. And then your name comes echoing out across the airport. The last call for Mr. Timothy McElrath. Last and final call. The last and final call. The last and final call. There will be one. But there's a call tonight. It's not from this preacher. But there is a call tonight. It's a call from Jesus. Because he hasn't come. But he is coming. He hasn't come yet. And the reason he hasn't come, I believe this with everything in my heart and every fiber of my being, is that his extended time, another hour, another Sunday night, that you're here under the gospel, and he's calling you to get saved. It's amazing. The long-suffering of God, not willing that any should perish, that the goodness of God would lead you who are not saved in this room to repentance. I want to tell you, friend, everything of what I've said is in this book. And everything that I've told you tonight, I've told you by the grace and the help of God, I've told you the truth. I've told you the truth. God's calling you. Pray that this isn't the last call. But one day it will be. And I pray that when that trumpet goes, that every person in this room, young and old, are saved. And there's going to be a meeting in the air. What a gathering that's going to be. It's the last call, friend. Don't miss the last call. Let's pray together today.